This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. Here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to do something a little bit different. We're going to take up our offering in, in just a couple minutes, but I've, I've got like a, a thought for offering and then a thought for my sermon, and I want to share something with you before I jump in too far that's going to tie into actually taking up our offerings this morning. So before we do that, I'm going to flip over to uh, Luke. Chat. Oh, man, you know when you flip to the right page. That's just cool. Oh, one verse off. There it is. All right. <laughs> That was cool. All right, I'm going to flip over to, uh, to Luke chapter 1, and just want to read a passage here that says, oh, two pages off. It's not as cool now. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, verse 11 says, um, it says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said, do not be afraid. How many know that usually when the angels tell you don't be afraid, there's something you're probably afraid of? <laughs> usually when the angel's like, don't be afraid, there's a freak out moment. <laughs> so <laughs> the angel shows up and says, hey, don't be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer's been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you're calling him John. Stop there a second. It's an interesting passage because here's this, here's this moment where there's Zechariah and there's Elizabeth. And they had been praying for, for many, many years for a son. And uh, something interesting about this passage was that they had actually stopped praying for it. This, this, this passage could be interpreted to mean this. The prayer that you no longer pray has been answered. <laughs> Come on, Merry Christmas. The, the prayer that you no longer pray has been answered. It's interesting, isn't it? Here's Zacharias, and he's, Zachariah is doing his, they had about a week that they would fulfill these duties in the temple as priest, and he's on shift for his week. And the angel of the Lord shows up to him and says, Zachariah, good news. The prayer that you prayed, you're not even praying it anymore. It's answered. <laughs> Can you imagine Zachariah? Oh, oh, wow. It's time to have a baby. <laughs> he shows him up and he says, your prayer was heard. There's this interesting passage that we read in Acts chapter 10, you don't have to flip there, that talks about Cornelius, another similar passage where I shared this in offering last week, where this, this individual Cornelius had been someone who had faithfully prayed. He was a faithful man of prayer. He was a faithful man of giving. I think it's Acts chapter 10. Did I write it down? Acts uh, 10, 31. If you want to write it down, Cornelius had faithfully just served the Lord, prayed, and gave very generously, the Bible said. And same thing happens. An angel of the Lord shows up to him and says, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have risen up in heaven before us, and it is as 
a memorial before the Lord. This is really interesting because the word memorial could be translated as this, an eternal offering before the Lord. This is so cool to me because we see in the word of God, it was a big deal to remember things. It was, it was huge. The Lord would continually, remember when they crossed over the Jordan and Joshua said, okay, we want to put 12 stones as a memorial. One stone, every tribe, get a stone, put the stone there. Why? Because every time someone passes by these stones, they'll be able to look back and say, that was the day where the Lord did a miraculous, just a mighty miracle. It was so they wouldn't forget it. So there's this interesting correlation, though, that God said that there's certain things that we do that creates a memorial in heaven. This is so cool to me because it's not that God's up there forgetting. What did you do? But there's an actual nature to our prayer and to our giving that creates, one, this memorial in heaven that he'll never forget it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes how this works is you see Elizabeth and Zachariah, they prayed a while back. He said, the prayer, you haven't even been praying it. And he said, good news, it's answered. But isn't it like God that there's seasons in life where we give in times where sometimes there's, we're just giving from a generous heart. We're giving from a heart of thanks. And down the road, when all of a sudden we need a financial miracle, there's this memorial in heaven from where you gave. This is not my sermon. This is just talking about a couple of things real quick. But it excited me when I began to see this correlation that we can do things that cause it to be an everlasting offering in heaven. I mean, think about it. There are things that we can do where just there's no expiration date on your prayers. That's a really good news, right? Your prayers that you prayed 10, 15, 20, some of you 30, 40 years ago. They're still in heaven. And he hasn't just thrown them out the window and said, no, too bad. It could just be at that same moment that the angel says, hey, remember that moment they prayed that for year after year? They gave faithfully year after year. How about we just show back up to them and say, hey, good news. I heard your prayers. We actually can create through prayer, through giving, a memorial in heaven. That rocks my mind, guys. I love it when I come across passages like these that nobody just thinks about it. (laughs) Cornelius gave generously on earth. But here's the thing. In heaven, it created a continual offering. This is not... I really don't want it to come across as some huge, like... Offering push. I'm not pushing it to get money. I'm pushing it for you to get blessings. And I want you to understand this, that when we give, that when we, when we step into that place of generosity, and generosity is an important word because it said on Cornelius that he gave generously. What's the point? He didn't give guiltily. I know it's not a word. I knew that. It's a joke, guys. He didn't give out of a place, well, you know, I have to do this. He said he gave generously. 
And in the context of that scripture, if you go read it, it was to the poor. He gave generously to those in need. And then it said that it went up to heaven. And when the angel came down, he said, you remember when you gave? That created this continual offering in heaven. What's the point? What an amazing reality that we can do things on earth that cause everlasting results in heaven. Earthly actions, there's certain earthly actions. I could preach, I'll, I'll preach on it in a couple weeks. <laughs> but certain earthly actions that we take cause heavenly reactions that are eternal. So when we, when we do a thing like, a, when you pray, when you go before the Lord, when you're consistently just going before him, there is a, a continual result in heaven. When you're 20 years from now, your prayers are still circling in heaven. So this is good news to some of you have been praying for a lot while. There's no expiration date on your prayers. So with that being said, um, we're going to take up our offering. <laughs> I, I, I've never done that before, so but I felt like we should just do it this morning. So come forward, guys, real quick, or guys, gals, whoever. And we're going to, let's stand up. We've sat at this point so long. Um, let's just stand up real quick. And let's make this, come on, I believe that we can align our hearts right now and create a heavenly response that's eternal. So, Father, right now we come before you, Lord, as we, as we give from our hearts. We're not giving from uh, a place of just guilt. We're not giving from a place of condemnation. We're giving from a place of a heart of generosity that says, I just want to be like my dad. And he was so good that he gave his son to, to us. I mean, that's what this is about right now, Christmas. He was so good that he gave his son. So, Father, in, in the spirit of being like you... We just want to give generously. So, Lord, align our hearts, Father, as we, as we give in our offerings this morning, Father. And as we just, as we give from our lives, it's bigger than this moment. As we give from our lives, Father, we believe that there will be a heavenly reaction that continually, it creates a continual offering in heaven. That even generations after us, I want my kids to have the angel of the Lord showing up to them and said, your father gave and you get to have something from that. We love you. I pray blessing over everyone in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can sit down. They're going to pass the baskets. If you want to give with a credit or debit card, just text the number and put the amount in, and it will walk you through it. So I'm going to jump in in just a minute. I'm going to be really quick today. But Merry Christmas. <laughs> Had to get that in. I love Christmas time. Christmas starts like after Easter in my house. <laughs> If you know my wife, like for real, it's like we just, Thanksgiving's perfect with Christmas. They're just all just a great time of the year. It's good to see, um, let me throw it out there, the Wheelers here this morning with their beautiful baby girl. Come on, Lily. Oh, can, can I ask you, can you stand up and just like show this beautiful baby to the room? Come on, Dad, stand up with her. Oh, isn't she beautiful? It's their first baby. Love you guys. I missed you guys. Daniel is one of those guys that you don't miss his presence in the room. 
And I love it. I love your encouragement that you bring during worship and praise, and I, I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. There's a real unique thing going on in this room this morning. If you're visiting, thanks for coming. Um, I'm going to give you, I really don't have a great Christmas sermon, but it is about Jesus. So I'm on point. I try every year to do a Christmas sermon. Only one year did I do it, and it was because it was on Christmas Day. And I'm like, if people actually got up and came to church... On Christmas Day, I'm going to do this. But I, I laid in bed last night, and I, I've been having uh, just an increase in encounters with the Lord at night, dreams. And I laid in bed last night, and I just felt excitement for today. I sat there. I even went to bed early because I was like the night before the Lord had woke me up at 3 a.m. to pray for somebody. Uh, people, have your arguments earlier in the night. Like, <laughs> Someone texted me the next morning that's been going through a real challenge with a marital situation. It's like, we just had the greatest conversation all the way till 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, it was you. You, you kept me up. I, I said, at 3 a.m., the Lord put two couples on my heart. I was praying for them. And the next morning, one couple reached out and says, we just had the greatest breakthrough. I'm like, well, good. <laughs> I texted him back. I said, next time, guys, a little earlier in the night would be nice. And so, but last night I went to, I, I went to, went to bed. I thought, man, I, I didn't sleep much the night before. I just want to get to bed early because I was going to get up really early. And I laid there in bed. I felt like I drank like three like mochas. I was just so jacked up with excitement for like what is going to happen tomorrow. I just laid there hour after hour after hour went by. And I'm like, what is happening and I finally fell asleep, and I just remembered this during worship, and I'm going to go ahead and share it. I don't know that I have the fullness of it, but I'll throw it out there. I had a dream last night. I had multiple dreams last night, actually. One of them was about this house, but I feel like the Lord is going to be doing something really unique. I feel like we are on the... I feel like there's something accessible this morning. Like, I don't know how else to say it except for it's accessible. Like, some people come in like, I hope I can get something. And some weeks I walk in, I'm like, there's something in this room. If you just take it, it's there. And I had this dream last night where I walked into this building, and there were, like, <laughs> there were speakers hanging everywhere. Like, like oh, all the sound people are like, I knew it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it was, like, silly. Like, there were, like, like, hundreds of speakers. And then I looked in the room, and I'm like, and they were facing all different directions. They were facing the north and the south and the east and the west. And I walk in, and I remember Matt was in my dream, and he, I, he's like, look at all these speakers. I'm like, I didn't okay this. I'm like, there's speakers everywhere. And I woke up, and immediately the Lord said, you're going to begin to have a voice. You're going to begin to have a sound that's going to be going out of this place that is going to be heard everywhere. And I want to speak to this house for a moment because some of you have been here. You've been faithful for, you know, years. You've been on the ride. You've been with us for, since we got started. And I'm telling you, we are in a great season. We are in an exciting place. I remember when I, when I stepped in and started pastoring the week that I got um, accepted as pastor. Ken, I don't know if you remember this. Ken, Ken's known me since I was four years old and looked like Opie Taylor. And... Um, <laughs> And it's a true story. That's right. And uh, so 
I, uh, but I remember when I got accepted in, as the church's pastor, I remember Ken came up to me and he said, he said something like, he said, you know, he said, we, he said, we feel like kind of the old folks on the ride, but he said, we're here for the ride. <laughs> and I remember that. I'll never forget that. The moment I went back there and he said, we're on for the ride. And I believe it has just been such a fun ride. And I have this stirring in my heart for 2019 that is unbelievable. I just, it's so strong. And I'm going to try to preach really quick because I can feel stuff in the room. I'm just going to light a match. And then you pour gas on it and we watch the explosion. It's a bad idea, by the way. I've done that before. Lit my whole yard on fire at a youth event one time. True story. You were in my youth group. The fire wouldn't light. Okay, anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> so let's talk about Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus. When Jesus came to the earth, I want us to understand what happened, because we've been on this topic of, of revealing the Father for the past couple of weeks, but this morning I kind of want to take a little bit of a different angle on, on when Jesus came to the earth. And first I want to talk about like what Jesus did. When Jesus came... It's really important for us to understand that, that he came and he fully emptied himself and came and walked this earth as a man. This is, this is huge that we get this. That he came and, and he walked the earth as a man. I, w- I want to give you an example. Let's say that I wanted to, I, wanted to, I don't know, go and, and position myself where I was going to be homeless for a couple days, and I, I own a car, I own a house, I, I have food, I have all these wonderful amenities, but let's say that for the sake of this, going on this journey of experiencing the life of someone that's homeless, I, I gave away my keys, and I said, I don't, I'm not going to have my house, and I'm not going to have this, I am going to step into the position of being someone who's homeless. How many of you know I still own my car? I still own my house. He was still fully God. I'm trying to give you a picture of what happened here. He emptied himself of everything that he carried. He put it aside and said, I want to walk this earth as a human to show you what you can do. And so he empties himself. And at any moment, he could have decided to pick it back up. It wasn't as if he couldn't. He could have. And Jesus came to earth, this is really big because Jesus came to earth to demonstrate what a human being in right relationship with the Father could do. He came to earth to demonstrate, listen, in the right relationship with God and empowered by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to walk on earth just like you to show you what you can do. I know he came, and it came with the, the purpose of the cross. But listen, guys, we got to understand there was so much more. He came to release heaven on earth. He didn't just come to provide a way so that you could just, when you die, be saved and go to heaven. There's so much more. It's so much bigger than just, listen, salvation is opening the door of a really big house. People, people are like, well, some people, it's, you know, and... It's all they focus on, and that's okay. We need salvation, but there's so much more. If it was just about salvation, when you get saved, he'd kill you and you'd go to heaven. 
He has a greater plan than just getting you saved. He has a plan to bring heaven to earth through you. And so he sends his son. He sends Jesus and says, listen, we've got to show people what this is really about. We've got to show them what this relationship between the father and son is really supposed to look like. And so I'm going to need you to empty yourself of everything. You don't get to keep like something in the back pocket. You are going to walk the earth. As a man. I don't think sometimes we think about that. We read these scriptures, but do we really grasp them? It would have been cool if Jesus had walked the earth and did all the miracles and all the amazing things that he did without emptying himself. But it wouldn't have meant as much to you and I because it wouldn't have been something that we could attain. But everything he did was an example of what we could do. What's a Christian supposed to look like? Jesus. Christian means little Christ. (laughs) You're quiet. I know this puts responsibility on our shoulders. But he came and he said, I want to show you what you can do. I want to walk the earth. And show you what you're capable of. Jesus didn't come to the earth to show you what God can do. As much as he came to the earth to show you what you can do with God. He came to show you what a partnership looks like. He said, I want to show you if you come into relationship with me what you can do. And we find something really interesting because there's, there's all these different pieces of the kingdom life. And this morning I want to focus on like just really kind of on one. And it's on growing in favor, growing in wisdom. I think this is really important. If you have your Bibles, just flip over to Luke chapter 2. You see, mankind had known that God could do miracles. Before, before Jesus came, they'd seen God do miracles. It wasn't as if he came and they'd never seen miracles before. They'd seen the hand of God. But they hadn't seen what man could do with God. And so here we are in this interesting passage in Luke chapter 2. We're going to go to verse, uh, let's go to verse 40. Now this is talking about Jesus when he was a child. And it said, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Some of, your, some of your translations are going to say in favor. He grew in wisdom and in favor. Verse 46 says, And after three days they found him in the temple in the court sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Pause there. This is so funny to me. Jesus, we see this development as a child. What happens? He begins to step into wisdom and favor. Immediately, he kind of wanders off and loses mom and dad. I think we read these things so often sometimes we lose a little reality. That's probably pretty scary to lose your kid for three days. Can a parent in the room agree? Three days looking for my kid. And finally, 
we find him, and here he is. He's sitting in a room full of teachers, listening to them. And then it says he was asking them questions, and then he was giving answers, and they were amazed at what he was telling them. He's a little, he's a boy. This is where things kind of get fun to me, because here's Jesus, and all of a sudden, he's beginning to grow in wisdom. He's beginning to grow in this place of understanding, so there begins to be something that's driving him. And so verse 52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and in favor with man. Everybody say favor with God and favor with man. I get it that we need favor with man. I find it interesting that he needed favor with God. He needed to grow in favor with God. I don't know that I really have the answer to that, except for I know this. If Jesus needed to grow in favor with God, so do we. And it said that he grew in favor with God. And so he's developing in his maturity. And we see that right after he begins to develop in this wisdom and this understanding, he walks away from his parents. They can't find him for a few days. And they find him sitting amongst all these teachers, and they're in awe. I can't wait to see the video of that one day, of this, this, this little, little Jesus sitting in a room full of religious teachers, and they're just, whoa, whoa, whoa. He finds his, his parents find him, and obviously they're probably a little upset, and Jesus is, is about my father's business. What happened? He began to grow in wisdom, and he began to understand the direct connection that there's a call in our life to be able to answer questions that people have. He began to step into something different. He began to step into a piece of the kingdom that we often don't focus on. We, we, we quickly teach people so often about signs, wonders, and miracles, and that's interesting because we're going to get to that piece. But the foundation for Jesus was actually growing in wisdom and favor. He started by sitting down in a room full of teachers and just sharing what he understood. And they were in awe. Why? Because he understood it was part of his father's business. Those of you in this room that are teachers, that you have a gift in teaching, you have a major piece in the kingdom. You have a major, I know that we often focus more on the prophetic giftings, because why? Because they're just loud, honestly. I mean, I mean, just be honest, I mean, it's, it's, it's all the prophetic people are like, what are you talking about? I'm not loud. <laughs> Listen, I, I get it that so often that that becomes a highlight because it's exciting, but here's the deal. It's no less important to be someone who could teach the kingdom. But no one's excused from demonstrating the kingdom. Even the teachers, you can teach it, but can you demonstrate it? Because Jesus was always show and tell, not tell and show. He constantly did something, and people were like, whoa. He's like, let me tell you what I just did. He would not have made, I mean, like, us, like the pastor gifting would just be like, we're having a hard time around Jesus, you know? It's like, are you going to tell him what you just did, you know? You just throw that out there, eat my flesh, drink my blood? Are you going to finish the, like, tell him it's metaphorical? 
You know what I mean? Like, Jesus just throws the stuff out there, and then he's like, then he breaks it down. We need you, teachers. We need you. All the fivefold offices, which do exist. We need you. Prophets, evangelists, pastors. We need you. Apostles, we need you. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I just feel it. I feel like we're supposed to hit it. We, we tend to put these lines between them, but they, you need each other. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone say one time, they said, you know, if we could get the, the prophets and the evangelists working together, the evangelists would be a lot more fruitful because the prophets would tell them where the fields are ready. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I believe that we're being called into a place of wisdom. I, I believe just as Jesus was that there needs to be something in us that becomes driven by purpose to answer questions that people are asking. I began to be, that become, that, that begun to, how do I say that? I began to pray that a couple years ago. I began to pray, Lord, I want to be able to answer questions. Even, even in things that I have no training in, you can give me the understanding. And I began to pray, Lord, I want to have answers for people. I'm also okay saying I don't know the answer. One of the most freeing things that you can say, honestly, is I don't know. You're allowed to say that, by the way. I believe that a lot of bad doctrine has come from someone that didn't know that tried to create an answer. And then it just went down the line, and really, sometimes we just don't know. I I don't know. There's pieces. I, I meet people that... I hear stories that are deaf, and they've prayed for 12 people that were deaf, and they got healed, and they still haven't been healed. How's that happen? I don't know. I'll ask him one day, and hopefully he'll tell me. But all I know is that we have the same call in our life as Jesus to do the Father's business. And one of the things that was a part of the Father's business was this, to go into the places where people have questions and bring answers. I'm going to hit kind of everybody this morning. People with a gift in business, we need you. We need you. We need you in the business place. We, we somehow made working in the church over the past 10 to 15, 20, 30 years like the pinnacle of ministry. <laughs> Some of you have just as great of a calling in a business place. We need you. Where I, I can't get in some of the doors, you can get in. Some people pastor CEOs. Come on. God's going to begin releasing, even right now, I can feel it in the room. We're going to begin seeing a, a, a massive release over the next few weeks in dreams, visions words of knowledge and, and through those avenues that you're going to begin to get supernatural answers. And I, I, could f- I feel it in the room really strong um, that you're going to begin to have just these encounters with the Lord that's going to birth answers that you're not even going to know who they're for. Like when he woke me up to pray for somebody, I began to declare it over them, and I had no idea why. And so the next morning they texted and said, we had a breakthrough. Come on. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. 
And he's releasing that. He's releasing these encounters. Because why? Because the world is looking for answers. We owe it to the world. They're looking for answers. And, And sometimes we've just done such a poor job at being able to give them answers. We just say, well, you know, well, you know, God's in control. That's not what I need right now. I need to know how not to lose my house. I need wisdom how to get my marriage back together. And we have people that go out the doors that they, they had questions. And what's the deal? We've got to begin to have the answers. And fear is one of the number one things that drives us away from this. We get fearful. We get scared. That's probably, if I could just I'll be really honest with you for a moment, it's probably the biggest thing I've had to overcome in my life since starting in ministry was looking past where I felt I wasn't qualified. It was the biggest thing for me to look over that. When I sit down with people that feel way more qualified than me and they want your opinion. And not letting fear get in there and, and derail what God's trying to do. And so often fear will come in when God's saying, I want to place you into a place of influence. Some of you, he's trying to place you into a place of influence. Some of you, it's not the devil stopping you, it's you. (laughs) Come, let us bring it back to a happy moment. In all honesty, some of us, it's not the devil stopping us. It's okay. Sometimes that when he begins to call us into new territory, it can be intimidating. But you know what? That's where we begin to rest on and we begin to realize our understanding, our foundation of how good is he. Because I can step out and say, you know what, into this, I don't know where it's going to land, but I can still represent a really good son. I can be a good son. Chad Dedman said it one time. He said, you know, he said, he told his story about having to preach the morning after Bobby Connor. He's like, and Bobby Connor was doing miracles and like pointing at things and lights are blowing out. And he's like, I got to preach after that guy. And God asked him, he said, well, you can get up there and try to be a good preacher. Or you can get up there and be a good son. He said, if you could just be a son, you're good. See, there's rest in that. People, when we want to pray for people, I I took some friends out to dinner. We went to um, a a pretty nice restaurant Friday night, and the waitress came up, and it was was such a God moment because I'm sitting here having this conversation with this great, great couple about emotions, how important they are, how the church has downplayed emotions like they're bad and feelings. And we're having this great, great conversation, and the waitress walks up, and she's got this this thing on her arm, this tattoo of a heart on her arm, and the, the guy asked her, what's that mean? Well, she's like, that just reminds me not to wear my emotions on my sleeve and to keep everything tucked in. We're literally having a conversation about emotions. I got to not go teach on that because I can feel in the room. Listen, um, he wouldn't have given it to you if it was bad. It's just what you do with it can be bad. And, he, when, when he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, what is that? Oh, taste, that's something that's experiential. See, it's experiential. God wants us to have emotions. Yeah. He, can I really blow you out of the water? He's emotional too. Amen. He created you in his image. He's emotional. He's not sitting in heaven 
that's what some people think. That's why they can't connect with God, because they see this emotionless person in heaven looking down. Just saying, if you fail, I will throw you in hell. But God is good. People are catching on. It doesn't sound that good. Problem is, it's not God. We're not representing him well. And what would it look like when we can actually say scriptures? There's this one scripture that says that he sings and dances over you in heaven. The actual meaning is like he twirls like a top over you. See God in heaven like, oh, I love my kids. He's not up there going, he's not up there upset. He has emotions. He feels things. I can give you a list of scriptures where he felt things. He was moved. He was moved with compassion. And anytime he was moved with compassion, something great happened. When he said, I move with compassion, get ready, baby. Because something's getting ready to happen when God's moved. He just has emotions. It's not bad. Feel it in the room. Some of you just didn't know what you're coming to today. But he's here and he is that good. He's releasing wisdom. He's releasing favor. This is big. He's releasing understanding. Jesus stepped into wisdom. He grew into favor. I believe that everybody, the moment you give your life to the Lord, you've given a portion of favor. But I believe that it's very clear in the word. He says that you grow in favor. He had to. Wait a minute. I know that doesn't match our culture very well. You see, he loves everybody with a passionate love. He doesn't love you more than he loves me. I know you think so, but he, <laughs> he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't love you more than me. But the Bible says that you grow in favor. There are things that we do that please God. He said, without faith, it is. He, Paul made this remark. He said that it was his ambition to please God. I think there's something on this. You ever get around somebody and you just, it feels like, it's like every time you're around them, they're just the magnet for all the prophetic words. <laughs> like, they're that person. It's like, you know. You know what I mean? How many of you are not that person? Like, no, don't raise your hand. <laughs> no one's like, I ain't raising my hand. I don't know where you're going with this. I mean, some people, they just, they, <laughs> they live that life. And why? Because I believe so many people, they just, they pursue him. Not in an unhealthy way, not in a striving way. I don't pursue his love. If I have to pursue his love, then that means he's not good. Because what good father would keep his love from his son? I don't pursue his love, but I do pursue him. I'm married to my wife. On our wedding day, she said yes. I said yes. I said, you get all of me, and she said, you get all of me. But when I stop pursuing her, things get unhealthy. The vows haven't changed. The covenant hasn't changed. But inside of that, things are changing. I don't pursue her because I'm going to lose her. I pursue her because I love her. That's why when marriages get in trouble and people think that the answer is just to pursue more, at that point, usually there's other things that got to get fixed. (laughs) 
This thing on wisdom. There are people in your circle that they know whose door to knock on when they're sick. They know whose door to knock on when they need someone to pray for a miracle. But have we made it just as high of a priority that they know whose door to knock on when they need an answer? Jesus said, this is my father's business. I need to go teach people. I need to go tell them who he is. That is my father's business. There's this part of the kingdom that gets overlooked. I really believe that if we're going to see transformation in our city, in our families, in our communities, I, I believe that a huge part is doing the signs, wonders, and miracles. But I also believe a massive part is when we start offering answers that our city needs. That when we begin to have solutions, that even the city has questions, and, and we say, hey, if you, th if, if you thought, the Lord gave me a dream, what do you think about this? You know, I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, who am I? Well, that's what they said about the disciples, too. They said, who are these untrained, uneducated men that are turning this whole city upside down? Right. They were okay with them seeing who they weren't, because it was more important to them that they saw who God is. And they looked at them and said, they're uneducated, they're untrained. They said, but we got God. <laughs> I believe that cultural reformation, we we're having this event in next year, Reformers Gathering, we're doing it again. I believe that reformation, I believe that true reformation in our culture will begin to happen when we begin to have answers that society is asking questions to. We begin to have answers. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. Let's start bringing it down. I find it interesting that Jesus was known for wisdom. He began to be known for wisdom in his childhood years. Doesn't it seem it's kind of contrary to what our culture thinks that you get saved, you immediately get thrusted into science, wonders, and miracles, and then you develop into an age where you have wisdom. Isn't it interesting that Jesus started with wisdom? And then from the foundation of that, he grew into a place of signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm not saying that there isn't wisdom that comes with age. Obviously, there is. I'm saying in the kingdom, though, the children can carry wisdom. The kids, guys. I love it because all of a sudden I'm starting to have a bunch of kids worship next to me on Sunday. They keep, like, you see them? They keep, like, clump, the little group over here. And they're, like, moving. They're, like, getting it. I love it. Why? Because they're the ones that will change society. They're the ones that go to school and they're like, what? Let me pray for you. Let me tell you. Here's what I know. I love what I'm seeing in our kids. I love what I'm seeing in our kids. They know who God is. They know he's good. They know that they can lay hands on the sick and see him healed. We got to get there. I said we got to get there. 
we got to get from the place of some of you, a major reality is that Jesus never told anyone to pray for the sick. He commanded them to heal the sick. It's in your Bible, I promise. He said, I lay, he said, go heal the sick. Maybe we just need to change our mindset. Some of us just hoping to get up the guts to pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. Tend to be what you set your eyes on is what you get. Release healing over them. God wants to pour out his spirit through you in a way that it can't be ignored. <laughs> you see, Jesus is really good about this. See, when Jesus got this wisdom thing, if Jesus at this point was like 35, it wouldn't have been as amazing. This is a child sitting with teachers. He's sitting with them, and they can't ignore the fact that this kid has all the answers to what we're asking. When God pours out his spirit on someone, he does it in a way where it can't be ignored. He will pour out his spirit on you that when you step into situations, people can't ignore it. There's something on that. It's just so often fear that slows us down and stops us. And that's what we're going to just kind of throw out the window this morning is fear. Because I just feel this tremendous stirring in my spirit for this house today that we are getting, I don't know, we're stepping into the, getting on the ride of our life. And the only thing that's keeping some of you out of it is fear. Fear. I'm not even going to go through all this. We don't have time, but. How do you get more wisdom? Let's, let's end on that. Because how do we grow in wisdom? It's very simple. Steward the wisdom you have well, and he'll give you more. That's the concept. For, that is the reality and truth of everything in the kingdom. When you steward your money well, you find something out. People do better with money. When you steward your prayer life well, your prayer life thrives. When you steward wisdom well, you get more wisdom. Steward it well. What does that mean? Some people have wisdom all over them, favor all over them. And I've seen people build their own kingdoms out of it. But how are we building his kingdom? I remember years ago hearing, hearing Bill Johnson say one time, he made the remark, he said, you know, he said, my, my desire is not to build a big church, it's to build big people. It's to build big people. It's to build healthy people. And that's, that's what it's about. That's really what it's about, is building healthy people. It, wisdom, how do, I, how do I grow in it? I steward what I have well. I steward it well. I use it for him. I feel like you were waiting for a bigger answer. That's it. Steward it well. How, does, how, how are healthy marriages? Steward your spouse well. That's how the kingdom works. He wants to pour it out. He came with him. When Jesus walked the earth, he said, this is part of it. I want to give out wisdom. I want to give out favor. I want to give out blessings. And when you step into the kingdom, there's a portion that you get but you have access to all of it. 
You do understand that, guys. Like Ephesians says that we've been blessed with all spiritual, all spiritual blessings, right? We have been blessed with all of them, but there's a process of taking hold of them. There's a process of taking them and opening these amazing gifts, and then we get to walk in them. I feel like so many people sit around the Christmas tree, and they've got all these gifts under there, and they're like, oh, I just got all these great gifts. You going to open them? Well, they're already mine. You know, open it? Do we have a church full of people with a bunch of presents that they haven't opened? And he just needs to open them. Just open them. They're right there. You haven't got to wait for somebody up front to pray for you to get healed. Open your gift for that. You need power? You got that. Just, just reach out and take it. It's right there. This is what it looks like to raise up a big, healthy group of people. You can be at home and problems. Lay hands on yourself. I've done that many times. Laying in bed. Whether hurting or something like that. And my wife's asleep. And I'm like, I'm not going to wake her up for this. I got this. Why not? And then usually the next day somebody's like, you know, I was praying for you last night. I was like, me too. I was praying for myself last night. Come on, Jesus. This is going to be this going to be a good season of breakthrough. Amen. This is. I'm going to release some stuff over you guys, and uh, so let's stand up together, and we're going to pray. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I love what's going on in this place. I love what's going on in this room. I love some of you. I'm going to release a breakthrough over you. And listen really close. You're going to need this because some of you, there's breakthrough that you need in your family. And you're getting ready to go sit with all of them in a couple days. I'm serious. There are some of you that you've been praying. And I hear that thing with Zachariah that that prayer has been circling around heaven. And this morning, we're going to call it down. And we're going to grab hold of it. So the first thing I want to release over you is those of you that need a breakthrough specifically in your family. We're going to release that over you. I know that we all have family members we're praying for, but I want to be a little more specific than that first. If there's a real breakthrough you need in your family, relationship-wise, just raise your hand right where you're at. We're going to pray over you. Okay. All right, look around you. Just, just put your hand on somebody around you. It's very simple. Because just put your hand on them. In Jesus' name, we release breakthroughs over you and your family right now. Right now. I pray that the same God that he went before, and he's a breaker. He's a breaker. Right now, we release breakthrough over you. Come on. Come on. Pray for him. Pray for him like you want them to pray for you. Just pray for them. In Jesus' name, we release breakthrough. Whatever it is, whether it be a spouse, a, a child, uh, relationships that have been broken, we just, right now, we release heaven into that situation. You are the God that makes wrong things right and crooked things straight. So we release that over every person that raised their hands this morning, that you would step into that and we would see breakthrough. Breakthrough. I release a capacity over you to love like you've never loved before. Even in the face of it, it doesn't look like it's any different that you would be able to keep your love on in a strong way. You'd be able to love them well. Love them well in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just another moment. We thank you, Father, that we see breakthroughs happening. Breakthroughs are happening in Jesus' name. Come on, if you want to grow in wisdom, I just want to put your hands out like this as a release for wisdom in the house. Some of you need answers. Some of you, like, really need answers. Like some of you would like more answers. Some of you need answers. This is for everybody, but there's a grace in the room for wisdom this morning that's really strong. I'll tell you what, I don't normally do this, but I just, I don't know why. I feel like we need to do it. If you really need answers, just come like, just come up here. Just take a step out if you're on the front row. Come up here. I feel an impartation like, but you need to get out of your seat. I've, I, don't, I, don't, I don't normally do this, but I feel it. You just kind of line up. There's, there's no right or wrong way here. Just line up around the front, and we're just going to release. I'm going to tell you why everybody's coming forward. I want to tell you something, that, uh, an example that um, I love to tell. We were in a conference in New York a few months ago, and one of my good friends, Ivan Roman, um, he's ministered here a few times, and the, the gentleman ministering, his name was Harold Eberly. And he's actually, uh, he's coming and ministering at our Reformers Gathering in April. And he's going to be here, but he was using this example. He said, when God releases an anointing he said imagine it this way when we're praying for an impartation of something it's like taking something and god in the spirit realm is throwing it but you have to catch it he said and so he told ivan ivan was like on the floor right in front of him and he said ivan he said it's kind of like this and he took an empty bag and he said ivan catch this and he threw it ivan caught it got hit by the spirit and sent like 20 or 30 feet backwards and got just nailed by the spirit, which I think is hilarious because I know Ivan, and it was just really funny. But what happens when we position ourselves, God is going to give you something. I don't believe he's just going to throw it off our forehead. I believe that we get to position our hearts right now to receive it. So I don't know what this looks like for you, but I want you right now in the spirit realm, I want you to see that picture of somebody throwing you something. And look at that picture of yourself catching something. And I want you to align your heart like that. That you're, all right, I'm ready to receive it. That's what you're doing. And he's faithful to give it. So in Jesus' name, we ask that right now that you would release wisdom now. Now. Everyone that's up here, wisdom. Wisdom. You're going to feel it. Wisdom. Wisdom. Favor. You see how peace comes with it? They're, they're like sisters in the kingdom. Wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Stay right here. Let's not, let's not move, leave this moment. Wisdom. Just, just tell him, thank you. Just tell him, just say thank you. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. 
to pray one more thing over you. We release wisdom. I feel like there's a release of signs, wonders, and miracles. I, I feel that. If you, if, you, if you don't want that, you might want to leave the front right now. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it, And if you do want that, you might want to find the front right now. Because I feel like that's the third thing he said to release this morning was signs, wonders, and miracles. And so we're going to do that. And that's a, uh, this is a participation required activity that we got to just take it. So you ready for it? That will not get us far. Are you ready for it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name, we release, Father, your signs and your wonders and your miracles and your power. Holy Spirit, right now, we ask that you would blow through this place. Right now, blow through this place. Right now, blow through this place in Jesus' name. And right now, we turn it up, Father. We turn it up. Come on, turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. We turn up our response and our heart's response to you in Jesus' name. I pray that everywhere you go, that you would begin to have people. You don't know who they are, but they say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? I don't know what it is, but when you walked by, my back stopped hurting. My knee stopped hurting. That you would begin to be as Jesus walked on the earth. He carried signs, wonders, and miracles. I release it. I release it. I release it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I, here's what I see. I, if, you're, if you're okay with doing a prophetic act, I just see people reaching up and grabbing on to, like, power. So just, just reach up and just grab onto it before we're done. Grab that power and pull it down to yourself. There is power. There is power. There is power. There is power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want to do something actually a little different. Turn the music all the way down, and I want everybody right now, I want you to verbally just begin to tell the Holy Spirit, Father, we receive what you're pouring out this morning. Come on, tell him we receive what you're giving out this morning. We can get lost in the worship sometimes. I receive what you're doing in the room this morning. Over this next year, over this upcoming, over now and the upcoming year, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray over some of you. I fill that thing with Zachariah, the prayers that you haven't prayed anymore. I pray over those prayers that you even stopped praying a while ago. Right now, I pray that you would begin to see breakthrough in those areas of your life breakthroughs in this area of your life in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thanks Jesus thanks Jesus Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. 
our responses. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the glory. Jesus. There's so much glory on right on this moment. There's so much glory right on this moment. If you are here, just you can keep just adoring the Lord, but listen, if you've come in this service this morning and you you've you're not in relationship with the Father, just ask him. Just say, Lord, show yourself to me. I've heard so many amazing stories of when people just say, just show yourself to me. Just ask him. He'll make himself real to you. Just say, just show. You don't even have to say it out loud. Just say, just show yourself to me. I release encounters over this entire room. I release dreams. I release visions over this entire room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just want to speak a blessing over you guys this morning. Father, we bless everyone here. I bless you as you go into this holiday Well, you're already in the season, but as you go into Christmas here in a couple days, I know there's all different situations represented in this room. Some people, it's a challenge. Some people, it's the funnest time of the year, but you see every single heart. And you're good, Lord. You're good. So, Father, I release just uh, an encounter over everyone during Christmas this year. I pray that this would be a year where you wake up and you just feel his presence in a way you've never experienced it before. As you go and you spend time with, if you're with family, that you would carry that presence with you. I bless you. I bless you. And as we wrap up this year, we go into a new year. Father, we just speak great blessings over everyone here, over every area of their life, relationships, finances. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, there's a, there's been so much glory in this house this morning. Take it with you. <laughs> Take it with you. you. As I said, you want to know how to steward glory? Give it away and you get more. <laughs> Give it away. 
release his glory everywhere. Grab two or three people around you and just, just bless them before you leave this morning. We've got prayer team here this morning, and they're going to be lining up across the front. If you need prayer for anything at all, they can join in and agree with you this morning. Otherwise, Merry Christmas and have a wonderful week.